0: Hi there, and welcome to episode six of the Interiors podcast. Our guest today is industry expert Charlotte Cropper. She is an international color consultant for Lick Paint, a UK-based paint company that is all about sustainability and simplicity. It's direct to consumer, and it offers color consultancy services, which is how I came to know Charlotte Cropper. We talk about a 101 to creating a color palette, from understanding how to avoid trends to taking into account how you want to feel and user room, as well as the basics of orientation and undertones in colors. Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Charlotte, tell us a little bit more about yourselves and uh, why you're gracing
1: us with your presence. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. So I'm Charlotte, I'm one of the colour consultants, the international colour consultant and designer at Lick. Lick is based in the UK, but I live in Italy, so I occupy lots of the international and European colour consultations. And within our colour team, as colour consultants, we work on color calls with everyone, giving expert color advice. We also work on content creation and then also product development at Lick. So the wallpapers and any collaborations that we're doing.
0: Mm, cool. Okay. And what is your background? Like how does somebody become a color consultant? It sounds like a dream job.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's literally my dream job come true. <laughs> my, I mean, we've all had different paths. My path started in illustration and I, Used to be a freelance illustrator, still work as one, worked in graphics, in marketing, doing things like leaflets, posters, cards, menus, etc. And then I kind of went into textile design and pattern design and then um, slowly found my way into interiors. And I just really started kind of honing in on, on colour itself. And I studied colour psychology, colour for interiors, colour science. Um and then that was kind of what led me to Lick really. And it just, it happened very organically. So it was very kind of right place, right time. It was really, really nice.
0: That's great. So you still do some of those other things on the side on top of your, your role at Lick?
1: Yeah. So okay. I do design work at Lick as well, which is awesome. And then also have some my own freelance projects, which is also really, really fun.
0: Okay, so like when somebody works with a color consultant, they're not just kind of a salesperson. They are actually helping create the product and designing wallpaper, like you said. So you're you're working with somebody who's hands-on.
1: Yeah, we're all we all come from design art backgrounds, you know, we're all about kind of creativity and just kind of come from a real place of loving color and just really passionate about color and what it can do in your home um so literally the sales side of it just doesn't even come into it for us it's just like yeah we just a really nice chat with you and talk about color
0: cool okay well I definitely want to come back to talking about Lick and where the companies come from and kind of it's w- what makes it different but before that I kind of want to talk a little bit more about paint and color 101 for the average person who's like moving into their first house or second house and they might be scared of color. They don't know where to start. They're worried about making the wrong decisions. What are some of the first things you want people to understand if they are at that place?
1: I think understand that. I mean, obviously coming from Lick, always talking from a Lick point of view, like people to help you, you're not there on your own at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about kind of starting small and being kind to yourself So some of the big things that we kind of talk through with our decorators is when you're looking at a space, ask yourself questions like, what mood do you want to create in that space? How do you want to feel? And this is often quite a dreaded question. (laughs) I might give people, you know, pointers like, do you want to feel calm and relaxed? Do you want it to feel light and airy? Do you want it to feel dark and moody? Do you want to feel energized, motivated, refreshed? Like write down a list of keywords of how you want to feel. Then ask yourself what it is that you do to feel that way. So that sounds really strange. But for example, what you might do to feel calm and relaxed will be very different to what I do to feel calm and relaxed. And I think that's something that's really important because ultimately we can all feel lots of feelings that are the same, but it's our behavior and what we do that changes between person by person.
0: So like if I said to you, um, I like to put Netflix on and drink an iced coffee while I draw. So then how do you get to color from that if that's how I unwind
1: and relax? So I kind of, I, I'd say I wouldn't just go straight from there into color. I'd say, okay, that's brilliant. So then let's talk about like, when do you use the space that you're in and what do you use it for? So you want it to feel calm and relaxed, but is this room, is it your home office or is it is it your living room? Is it the second front room or is it the dining room the extra dining room and then again when are you going to use this space so is it just for the evenings or is it somewhere that you're going to be in for the whole day again that will really change what colors you put in there again ask yourself you know what direction does the room face in because that's going to change the undertones that you look for in a color or the colors and then one of the biggest things is consider the what else is going on in that room so often I find that a lot of decorators say I'm going to choose my paint color first and then everything will come secondary which is fine but I think if you look at it holistically it will be much easier and then you'll prevent yourself from kind of making I'm not saying mistakes at all but having to kind of like second guess things as you go down the line so for example if you choose a paint color first that's great but it might not go with the flooring that you eventually put in or the Furniture that you see, I'd kind of look at it all together. So think about flooring, furniture, accessories, homeware, fabrics, lighting, everything, bring it all together. And that's why samples exist as well. You know, take your samples out shopping with you, put it all together and see what it looks like. Again, that's where mood boards come in handy. I think it's, you know, it's not like a like a quick, you know, da-da-da-da, done, here's your colour palette. It's, it's a process. Yeah and we're you know essentially we as colors consultants we're not it sounds silly because obviously it is a retail business but we are not there to sell you a particular paint color because we want you to buy it we are there to help guide you through your decorating process to arrive at the color palette that's right for you and if it's not right for you I'm probably not going to even sell it to you I'm going to say choose something else
0: yeah no I like that approach that was going to be one of my questions for you Do you do paint first or do you do furniture first? Because sometimes people have some pieces of furniture already that they need to work around. Or sometimes people are like, oh, well, I have to make everything match the room. So I like that you've said to do it holistically. So I suppose my my next question would be understanding that whole process. What are some of the mistakes people make? You know, I, I suppose once they work with you, they're getting educated. But what are some of the misconceptions people have? when they start working with you that you have to kind of unravel. I know for me people are like, "Ooh, no, I wouldn't be putting color on my wall. I, I like something very clean and minimalist." But there's obviously there's some missed opportunities there. So what are some of the other misconceptions and how can we help educate people?
1: I think one of the biggest misconceptions is actually around the word color. I think with mm-hmm. color, people are terrified that we're going to tell them to paint the house in a rainbow. You know, white and black and gray and beige, they're all colors. So yeah. And that's what I said before about asking yourself about you know what mood you want to create, even things like what style do you like? If you like a minimal style, okay, brilliant, but what does minimal mean to you? We want to understand, let's say, how you define your particular style. So I will ask customers all the time, what's your style? And whether they know it or not, but they'll use adjectives to describe. Mm -hmm. So their minimal might not be my minimal. A lot of it as well is not even through the conversation. It's very much through seeing their space behind them as they talk to you and seeing what's already there, asking, you know, what's not working and kind of picking up all of these cues. And often we say that, you know, again, we're not sellers. We feel like we're almost just like these flies on the walls that are just looking into the home and seeing the real person there in their home. So I think that's one of the biggest things is this misconception about the word colour and Mm. something that's... Exciting at Lick is that we, you know, we we consider white to be just as an interesting color as bright red. It's yeah. dependent on the person and the project.
0: I um, feel like you, we could do a whole podcast episode just about all the different white paint colors.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's amazing. Then let me just have a look here. Um, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, I think again one of the massive things for me is this idea of choosing paint color first. And mm-hmm. told, I'll choose a paint colour first, and then I'll work around it. And, you, you know, I never tell anyone to not do anything. Ultimately, it's your decision. But just try and guide them into holistically designing or decorating something and why that's a good way of doing it um, and giving them examples. But like you mentioned before, a lot of what we do it's literally guided by them. Will they'll come to us and say we've got a yellow chair, an orange rug, and a blue ceiling. We want to keep it. Can you give us a color for the wall? So it's about making it work for them. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's dependent on the project. Some people come with you know furniture first. Other people, it's flooring first. Other people, it's this is brand new. Let's do whatever we want. Okay. All right.
0: I know one of the things we were going to talk about. I hate trends. <laughs> And we were going to talk about getting, like knowing when you really like a color or when it's just something trendy that you're almost like, it's just confirmation bias. Like you keep seeing, like, you know, teal, like the teal kitchen or like the teal uh, living room built in, all of that is kind of quite overdone. But sometimes people come in, and they're like, oh, I love teal. And it's like, do you like look in your closet? What What's going on there? So how do you help people navigate trends and identify what's really going to, going to, be original to them.
1: Um so the biggest thing which they can do on like a practical side. Yeah. Something that I do myself is most of us, most people that we talk to will have a Pinterest board or they'll have yeah. of saved images on their Instagram. So I tell people to go into those boards and ask themselves, you know, pick out your favorite images and ask yourself what it what is it about that image that you love? Is it the combination of everything? So your wall colour with the flooring and the layout and the furniture? Or is it actually that you love just the combination of a couple of colours? Is it that you love uh, the position or the placement of a particular colour? Is it that you're seeing, you know, loads of your images have a blue accent wall, but nothing else in the images really resonates with you? Is it... Mm I personally have pinned so many images of green window frames and door frames, and I just love it so much. And whatever else is going on in that that image, I don't necessarily like, but it's just that particular green that I'm drawn to. So that would be one thing. And then when you do that, just kind of also look at your Pinterest boards and your images as a whole and just see where the repetition is and where the thread is. And quickly you'll start to narrow it down to a few particular particular things that you love um, and that you that you gravitate to. So my second point would be also. I'm sure everyone's heard this before, but to to wait at least three months before buying something. I personally myself wait at least six to six months to a year. I know myself, and I know that I can be very influenced by trends, and so mm-hmm. I give myself that time to say. Is it because I'm influenced by a trend or is it because I genuinely love it? And do you mean this for paint or furniture or both? For everything, like even with yeah. paint samples, nobody at home can, but you can see behind me that I've got these samples and I, I've had them on the wall for such a long time just to, just to observe them over a period of time, observe them in the morning, in the evening, with artificial light, with natural light, and just to see how the colour changes and what I think of it which I find works for me. Obviously, three months is also a great amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I think the third thing would just be to start small. So if you love purple because it's the Pantone colour of the year or you think you like it, you know, just buy it in a cushion or in a plant pot or even just buy some purple flowers and see what you think Um, because it might just be that you get bored of it over a period of time because it is just in fashion. And then, yeah, start small and just see where you go.
0: One of the things I love about paint personally is it can really transform a space or refresh a space. Like maybe you've lived in this house for 10 years and you just want to give it a facelift, but you don't have enough funds to like swap out every piece of furniture in your house, nor would that be sustainable. Um, And so paint can really completely change the atmosphere and space of a room. And and I love people to explore it before doing like other crazy things. What would be kind of the Lick approach to helping people refresh a space? The colour can change something so much. How do you help people approach when, when you're actually helping them choose the perfect colour for the space? Let's say they've narrowed down those colours. How do you help them take the next step?
1: I'd say the 100%. If we've narrowed down a collection of colours together, a 100% get samples in there. Samples is 100% the next step because our samples as well, they're 100% color match. So you can see exactly what they are. And, if, you know, if they are too small, then we encourage people to buy four. So you've got a nice, yeah
0: bigger sample. Yeah. And one thing to note for those who might not know, what Lick does for samples is instead of a tiny paint pot, you then have to paint and mess up your house. There are stickers and they don't leave. Like you can then remove them from the wall without peeling off the, the plaster, right?
1: Yeah. Another thing that I often tell decorators is is not just to kind of shove them on a random wall, but put them next to your furniture or next to your curtains so that you see the colours together. Because another misconception is that we see colour in isolation and actually we don't. Whatever colours are surrounding our paint colour changes the way that we see the colour of the paint, if that makes sense. Completely. Like even,
0: for example, I have a sofa that when I bought it, I thought it was going to be kind of gray, mainly gray with a light green undertone. And it ended up being almost tealish gray, which I hated, but I loved the sofa. So I ended up buying loads of charcoal accent pillows. And because that's the color I kind of wanted it to be, it's sort of at a glance is looking more gray than green. And we also like took any other colors out of the space so that there's nothing for it to become greener (laughs) with
1: Yeah, no, 100%. It's crazy how like when I'm doing my calls, I have my phone looking at the samples. And as soon as I put in maybe a white or a different color into the palette that we're looking at, it just changes it completely. Mm -hmm. When they see that in front of their eyes, they're like, Oh, my God, that's crazy. So it's like a little mini revelation, but it's so exciting. And it kind of opens a lot of new opportunities as well. So first step would definitely be get samples. Second step would be to keep the samples there for at least a week. Again, observe the samples in artificial and natural light, observe them during the day, in the morning, in the evening. And then once you're pretty happy and yep, yeah, no, this is I really like this colour, just go for it. Just do it. Yeah.
0: One one great tip that I got also was we were going to paint our hallway and stairwell. And it was to put quite a lot of the samples, like you said on different parts of the walls. So like one of them is a really dark corner. The other one gets flooded with north facing light. Then the other one is just purely just an internal space. And that's really helpful too, because that same color you might hate in two of the places and love in one of the others. So that's a really good tip. So buying loads of the samples, putting them in big areas, putting them near your furniture and putting them in different, where they're going to get different types of light And I like what you also said to take the samples out shopping with you when you're going to go buy other things. And, you know, if you can collect samples, if you're buying something online, most places, like if if you're buying an expensive sofa, we'll send you a sample of the fabric um, so you can play with everything together.
1: Right. Yeah. 100 percent. If you can make a mood board or a type of mood board, even if you put it in a tray or even if it's just on your table, your kitchen table. Mm putting things together that physical act of putting it together seeing what it looks like again is I think is just really really helpful and can you can gain a lot of clarity through doing that.
0: I guess one question I'd have for you is do you have any kind of rules because you hear a lot of things like in a south-facing room don't do this in a north-facing room don't do this in a room with loads of light do this in a room that's really dark and small do this do you have any general rules that for the most part, you follow. I'm sure there's always exceptions.
1: Yes and no. Yeah, In the <laughs> industry, I think we all say, like, in a north-facing room, you should embrace it and go dark and moody, etc. However, I've had decorators, a lady who had a villa in France, and she had a north-facing room. It was really dingy and dark. And I said, you know, often in a north-facing room, we... You know, encourage you to embrace and go a bit darker and moodier. And she turned around and said, I absolutely hate the feeling of dark and moody. So, me. Mm. So, there we looked at, okay, let's go for a lighter color, but something with warm undertones. So, we went for our white 06, which is a really beautiful white with pink undertones. But we actually paired it with like a terracotta red 03. So, not mm. too dark, but still a really nice, rich pigment. And just by doing that, it did literally warm up a room. So, yes, there are rules. The main rules are basically around direction and light. But I will always be guided by the decorator in front of me. And rules are always there to be broken, which is cliche, but so true. (laughs) Yeah. And so if
0: if in general the rule is north, kind of, because it has colder light, go with dark and moody and generally then for a south-facing room what what are the rules for that then
1: well the rule would be light and airy but again you could go for a darker color but they would say they say go for a cooler undertone so it balances the light
0: and then what about small spaces
1: hallways bathrooms again the same concept often with a small space it's a with a space like a bathroom but you're not in there all the time it's really fun to have fun with it and to inject perhaps more colour or wallpaper we're definitely seeing a lot more people do that um, which is really exciting because you know it means that people are feeling more confident and more inspired to kind of inject colour and personality into a small space And then in terms of hallways are a bit trickier. Hallways are often one of the trickiest spaces in a house because it's the, you know, it's the, you don't spend time in there, but it's the room that connects to every other room. A real sense of flow and connection throughout the house. And I personally, most of my creators, paid customers, decorators, have gone for a much more uh, softer, perhaps safer um, Mm -hmm. theme just because it feels like it flows. But I know that Some of the other consultants have worked with creators who, you know, have used this space to really, again, inject color, go mad because you don't you don't spend a lot of time in here.
0: On that point, and this is something that I even struggled with in in our house when we were painting it. Now that things are becoming so open plan and there's a lot of interior glass used internally in houses and you can see through houses. How do you manage that with paint? Because it can sometimes feel a little cluttered if you can see two or three spaces like from where I'm standing I can see my hallway which is a certain color and I can see my porch which is another color and sometimes I don't know if I like that or sometimes I don't know if it's a bit eclectic how do you manage that in a in a way that still keeps
1: a house harmonious so you approach it as you would approach a single room where you've got lots of different things going on like okay furniture, flooring paint etc I would again look at the house holistically. So often what I do is go if we've got like a big open plan space or broken plan space with, you know, glass partitions or something, yeah. I'll we'll do one room at a time, but they'll still all be quite connected and then when we've spoken about each room individually, we'll look at that color palette together and see if it works and if it doesn't work, and they don't like the particular combination of the blue hallway with the green living room, for example, then, you know, we'll go and revisit that and say, okay, if that's not working for you, why isn't it working for you? And how can we change that? But I think, again, it's just this idea of working holistically about something and lots of people get terrified of, of, you know, especially open plan spaces because it's like, it's so huge. What do you do with it? where do you go with it? I often, that's why I always start kind of from, Mood and behavior. So, asking yourself how you want to feel in this space. What are you going to be doing in this space? When are you going to be using this space? Because then you're not even starting with color. You're just starting with facts. And then the facts will help you kind of guide you to the color at the end. The color is the last thing you should be worried about. It's getting all of those questions. And be honest as well. Be honest about how you're using it. Don't, you know, I'm going to be using it to do yoga every Sunday if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't say it. Just yeah, be really honest about it, about your way of living and the way that you use your space.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. And also, people think, oh, I should do a little more color because this is boring, or I shouldn't like these these bright colors because you know uh, that that means I'm I have like a whimsical, eclectic style and all these things. But I, I agree, people should be honest with themselves of their own preferences and. Actually, something I always make people do when I'm working with them to get make sure I'm going the right way with their color palette is I make them share art, album covers, fashion brands that they resonate with, because you can get a lot from that, that they are like, they wouldn't tell you, oh, pale, like my fiance wears a lot of pale blue and navies and tans, but he would have no idea to tell you that. But if you open his closet, you would know immediately.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I'd love to just open people's wardrobe, see. I do. I've done it to myself though. I did like an experiment where I was like, "Oh, I just don't know whether I'm just being hugely influenced by trends or what it is." She mm. was like, "Let's look at my my wardrobe," and I kind of picked up my favorite outfits and said, oh, that's interesting because I like those staple things and that's similar to that interior." And I, it's almost like look in your wardrobe and see. And that's another thing with trends if you. You know, if purple is in trend and you're unsure if you love it because it's in fashion or because you love it, go into your wardrobe. Have you got purple in there? If you haven't, then you probably don't love it.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's all really helpful. I I like the idea of looking at a house holistically because that was something I I also struggled with. And I try to create, for for any project, I try to create a story behind the whole house and something that's like, so it has this life of its own. And we created this story for our house because we're by the sea and because there's references to Ulysses in the area we live in from Joyce and also the original Odyssey. We were like, we had this whole kind of like man reclaimed from the sea, like Ulysses arriving back from the sea. We have the beach right there. And there's a lot of things that are kind of reclaimed. Like we have a coffee table that has a propeller on it under it. We have an epoxy resin table with a giant piece of wood And lots of things kind of like that. And so we created this whole narrative around it. And I wanted the colors to be part of that story. And I was like, does the color in my bedroom need to refer back to the color in my hallway if they're not seen in the same space? But I think as long as you have a rationale for it and that they can be on a color palette in front of you and be holistic, then I think they shouldn't cause visual noise and also like emotional
1: dissonance, right? Yeah, for sure. I always talk about, this idea of a color story. Mm. And I kind of talk to, I talk to all my customers about having one color, or it might not even be a, you know, it doesn't have to be an actual color, it could just be like a material or a finish, something that's repeated throughout every single room in the house, so that connects the house, connects each room, but they still have their own identity. And that color doesn't have to be Same wall color, it could be that in your living room you have green paint on the walls, in your kitchen you have green tiles, in your hallway you have green in the rug, you know, in your bedroom you might have a touch of green in the lampshade, it could be anything but just yeah, repetition of something and it can change in the proportion and the quantity and the material, but just this repetition of a color no matter how big or small, small throughout every single room, and that just creates a sense of flow. Um, yeah. yeah but one thing I love about the lip colors is that because of the undertone a lot of the colors work really harmoniously together naturally so you the work is almost done for you and you don't have to worry too much about oh god does that go with that you know will this work with that room actually again like I said just putting all the colors out together and showing the decorators and the customers is like oh my god that works and it just works really nicely it's beautiful And then again, use those colours in each room, take the samples and go shopping with them to buy your bed linen or your cushions for the other rooms and just create this kind of like cycle of colour. It's really nice.
0: So what is it about the Lick paints that make the the undertones special and make them go well together naturally?
1: I think with Lick colour, there's such a variety, but they've all got really unique um, undertones. So like often you hear that colours are either blue-based or yellow-based, Whereas okay. we've got kind of definitely yellow-based, grey-based, blue-based, we've got lilac-based, lavender-based, we've got pink undertones. And so it just creates just a whole nother world of colour. And they're mm. all, not all of them, but a lot of the lit colours are kind of muted, some are slightly muddier.
0: I'm I'm looking at your colour palettes here and, and they're sort of, like you said, they're they're very subtle colours, kind of understated, like a bit desaturated but there's sort of unexpected color mixes, right? They're not your typical. So like there's a white with a drop of lavender, which kind of looks like an ice blue, <clears throat> but it but it is technically white and almost gray. So that, I'm looking at white 09, for example.
1: We, we've literally just launched loads of new colors. And before, so the loads of the new color, colors are amazing and there's just a huge variety. But before that, we had a much smaller curated mm. and, and they just were all kind of, Again, this almost slightly grey-based, everything was slightly grey-based, but this really beautiful contemporary collection of colours. We've implemented all the new ones, which is really exciting, but it's changed it up, so now there's lots of different palettes to kind of work. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like uh, th- a good paint company for a minimalist. Like Even the way you label the colours makes it really simple. It's like there's white, one, two, three, four, five. There's beige, one, two, three, four, five. Because I think a lot of people, especially the contemporary minimalists, are scared by color, like we were talking about, that misconception. And then when they go somewhere and there's like fuchsia violet and like hunter green and all these kind of like fancy names that don't really describe what it is, then they're not even sure. They're like, is it pink? Is it orange? Is it like, I'm not even sure what color it is. And it might even scare people off. Like the color of my bedroom is called Dutch pink by Faro and Ball, but it's not pink at all. It's it's yeah. kind of a really muted terracotta peach. And if my fiance, if I'd sold it to my fiance as Dutch pink, he would have been like, "I don't want a pink room, yeah. right?" Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. <clears throat> there's this kind of like really straightforward approach to the, to the paint colors, and there a lot of them are very similar levels of saturation, which makes it easier for them to pair together, right?
1: 100%. And the nice thing about the names is that, like you just said, I think when you label it to an object or something that we all know, we all have different ideas. So, you know, again, my sage or my mint is very different to mm. sage and mint. And then you kind of get this, like, again, another misconception when the paint sample arrives. Instead, it's this is green. On the back, there's a small description of the undertone, you know, exactly what it is. And that's it. It's, it's just yeah. super simple, but really, really good.
0: So should, if you're creating a color palette for someone, should the undertones be similar for a whole house or are you looking to contrast them or does it depend?
1: I think the undertones, it's awesome when they're similar or if they're, you know, if one of them is gray and one of them is lilac, that's fine because it's really very similar undertone and that's essentially what creates a really nice tone or harmonious color palette but obviously, the the tone itself can change. So the, by tone, I mean the lightness and darkness of a color. So it could be really light tone, it could be really dark tone. Right. But as long as that undertone is the same, it's still going to work. But you can have softer contrast, higher contrast, whatever works for you. Cool. Okay, that's a good
0: hack. And tell me, what about you know we've been talking about like pretty straightforward painting your walls. What about painting different things like painting like either a an accent wall painting doors, painting windows and window frames, cabinetry and kitchens. How do you guide people to do those things? Like, you know, you, that, that kind of adds complexity, right, to a room. So how do you help them do that?
1: Um, again, I think kind of with lick paint, it you it instantly gets rid of that complexity because we literally have matte or eggshell. Mat is for walls and the ceiling, eggshell is for everything else. So your woodwork, your radiators, your door frames, your doors, your furniture—plastic, uh, vinyl, everything. Wow. Okay. Um, so that in itself is quite simple. And then again, it's like if we're working with someone who would love to inject colour, but they don't want to paint all four walls. So they just want an accent wall, or they just want, you know, their door frame or their skirting. We're getting quite a lot of at the moment. Neutral white walls with darker skirting because it's a Ooh. way of injecting beautiful, having to yeah without having to commit to four whole walls. um So that's really really fun. So we're doing a lot of that, and I think actually people feel a lot more confident to bring in like painted furniture, painted doors, painted woodwork because it's a smaller commitment, so it doesn't feel quite so scary.
0: Yeah, and then is it pretty easy to then like with the eggshell paint paint on top of it to change colors yeah. on things like door frames
1: and skirting yeah it's super easy and also on the lick blog we have just so many really handy articles that you know whatever you want to paint if you write it into the lick website there will be a blog article about it um mm. a radiator like i said or a front door or <laughs> you know plastic vinyl whatever it is there's something there to help you do it with really easy step-by-step process
0: and how do you feel about like painting walls to change them like almost every year
1: I don't don't have many people do that because it's you know expensive it's not very sustainable sustainable no it takes up a lot of time Um, And a lot of time and energy. So, I I don't really have anyone do that. And I probably would encourage you to do that constantly changing your walls, maybe change change up the smaller accessories first. And as well, if you're wanting to change your walls that constantly, then I'd ask myself, you know, is it the right color for you?
0: And it's, but I guess it's always good. I know people get really nervous that if they go dark, they won't be able, like, oh, it's going to be so difficult to make it white again. But any painter will tell you, like, it's just a few more coats. Like uh, so, people shouldn't keep that from making a bold decision because it is paint. You can always fix it. It's not a five
1: thousand euro sofa. (laughs) A hundred percent, it is just paint. And you know, with things like painting on darker color, you, you know, there are ways to kind of cover that color before applying. Um, coats such as Western. okay, gotcha. Uh, so it's not like you're having to use loads and loads of paint. That you is you know essentially paint can be expensive as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's equally it's not the most expensive either.
0: Yeah. In terms of impact, I think it's a very low cost per impact compared to furniture. Yeah, one hundred
1: percent. Yeah.
0: Mm. On that note, do you does like? provide their own primers or believe in primers and things like that
1: so a primer our paints are already built in with a primer okay cool need for primer except for kind of special surfaces like if it's like a vinyl we recommend things like an oil-based primer um so it depending on the surface but generally walls and ceilings you don't need a primer it's already built in same with eggshell eggshell has a varnish built in so you don't need okay to paint the varnish over the top on your woodwork or anything amazing and can eggshell be used on
0: like exterior kind of like masonry paint
1: it can um, it can definitely be used 100 on front doors okay we we tend to give personal kind of recommendations for exterior projects things like fences or um brick or anything when it comes to eggshell Uh, Just because it depends on the quantity and the proportion again, and kind of how much punishment it's going to get. So, in terms of eggshell, we would look at it project on a case by case. Yeah, but we do also do exterior paint as well, which is awesome.
0: Okay, cool, amazing.
1: And is there anything else like you want people
0: to understand about paint when, like, are there? oh no don't paint a room never do a cold white with like a bright blue or kind of rules like that and of course like like we've talked about all rules are made to be broken but when people are starting out those rules can be really helpful to guide them
1: um in terms of rules to look at I think less rules I'd say more tips if I can huh Um, if you're, if you're literally starting from scratch and just don't know where to go again, I would just look at the undertone. That's probably my biggest thing because the undertone will help you pair colors, um, and combine like a really nice color palette. And I think again, not a rule, but a tip would be if you are just so paralyzed by fear about choosing a color, which so many people are, you know, there's so much color anxiety is just talk like yeah like we're here literally to help and you know share our knowledge um and yeah I I, I'd find it quite hard to say there are rules honestly and to say these are the interior design rules and this is what you should do yeah that can be quite stifling and I think that can make it um I don't I just don't think it's right for everyone so I'd say instead of rules those would be my tips and just okay Definitely. Sorry, I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it is. It is, and of course, everyone's gonna have their own personal take on it. And um, on that note, I know you're saying if you're scared, you know, get help. Um, color consultancy, I think, is relatively new. Like probably people's extent of experience with that is the painter giving you advice, or if you go to a nice paint shop, like here in Dublin, there's a few like nice paint shops that have really great selections of paints, and somebody there will will tell you, but they don't see your house, right? Um, so how, how does Lick approach this? And especially with you being remote, how do you work around, you know, not actually being in the space, but still being able to see it? How does that work?
1: So all of our color consultations are done via WhatsApp video. So there are three mm-hmm. for up to three rooms and one hour for a full house, depending on the size of that house, it, we can extend the consultation. Absolutely. So we do it on WhatsApp video and we basically ask, we do our consultation, we have our conversation and we ask the customer to to show us around the room, to show us their house and so we can see the space and then in terms of visuals after the consultation, so when it's finished, they'll send us through all the photos of the spaces we spoke about and they might send us close-ups of particular elements that were important like artwork or furniture Mm -hmm. Um, but equally before a consultation, we often get clients who send us, you know, their either their Pinterest boards or they send us their PDF presentations with their photos of their house um, included or they send us floor plans, you know, or videos, anything. Um, and we've even done consultations where we're not in the house at all, actually, and we haven't really seen it and we've just seen it from pictures. But just through conversation and asking the right questions, we always can find the, the perfect colour palette for you. It's not a huge problem if you can't show us everything. It's always helpful and it's always better, 100%. But we have, we're have we very, very flexible and there's not like a kind of a one one way fits everybody. So whatever works with someone, you know, in terms of sending things, that's fine. And we've even had with a lot of our creators that we work with, you know they might be new mums and they're not able to do a video with me so they'll just do a video in their own time and send it through whatsapp and then i'll watch it and then i can reply accordingly
0: cool and then do you based on all of that uh after the consult do you put together like one two three color palettes and then get feedback how does that work
1: yeah so generally during the consultation we kind of fix in the colors together okay okay Um, and then I we will go away and we make presentations and mood boards so what we give to a paid client is slightly bigger with a lot more information compared to what we give to creators which we make mood boards that are tailored to social media that they can then share yeah Um, and then for our so for our um our paid clients we give them these mood boards with visuals showing the colour in a room and then we talk about placement and I often give them a couple of options. So if we've spoken in the consultation that they're, you know, they'd really like to go for something light and airy but they'd love to just see a dark and moody option to see what that might look like, then we'll give them two options for each room. just so they mm-hmm. You know, on, on on bigger projects, often on renovation projects where we're perhaps not able to lock in those colours during the call, I will go away afterwards and kind of work everything together put everything together and create a color palette for them but something that I think somewhere that Lick I think is kind of is um, something that we pride ourselves on is the aftercare so it's like a really organic relationship that we have whether you're a paid customer whether you're a VIP whether you're a content creator you know you get our whatsapp number and we have a conversation. And so if I have questions, because that will help me inform the mood board, I'll be sending you a message and vice versa. And, you know, when they get their samples in their space, if they're not 100% happy, then they can message me again and say, Charlotte, this particular pink wasn't right for me. Can you help me again? And so that's where I help them again. Mm, amazing.
0: So kind of like a very much white glove approach. Yeah. And, and this seems pretty unique, like from my experience with paint and paint companies. Lick seems like a relatively new company and the way they're approaching things is a bit more kind of like direct to consumer, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. It's really community-led and it's just, it's very transparent and very accessible. And that's one of the things that I love and what resonated with me before I joined Lick was it's just so accessible for everyone. I think colour consultations traditionally have been, you know, for people perhaps with a larger budget, and so that it's not available for everyone. And actually, everyone deserves to have colour expert advice, no matter who you are, what your style is, what your budget is. Um, and that's something, yeah, that I think we pride ourselves on and that what sets us apart.
0: On that point, how much are the colour consultations, you know, if somebody's listening and is like, oh, I'd love to do this um, for the 30-minute one, that's three
1: rooms and one hour for the full house. How much are those? So for 30 minutes, which is up to three rooms, it costs £75. And then for a one-hour consultation, it costs 150 pounds. So that's a full house. Um, okay. We are actually looking at developing the way in which we offer color consultations. So we'll be offering more packages based on the quantity of rooms, with the possibility of getting discount as well, which is super exciting.
0: Great, yeah. And I can see here on your website, if somebody just goes to Paint and there, are, there's an EU website. You can go to book a color consult, and it's all there. And another thing I just found browsing the website, you can browse paints by room orientation, which I've never seen before, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's really That's awesome. It's a really, kind of a really nice new way of looking at things. And you can also there is somewhere on the website there is also a kind of um, palettes based on style as well. So kind of Scandi style, farmhouse, eclectic mm. style. Um, and also based on mood. So again, we go for like a light and airy, calm and relaxing, energizing and refreshing and warm and cozy. And you can choose which one's right for you.
0: Amazing. And in terms of Lick as a company, I know, the you know, what I knew of it was that it's eco-friendly. So what exactly does that mean and how does it compare to like other companies?
1: We are a super sustainable brand. Um, obviously we're not perfect nobody is but we're on a really good path um, to being sustainable so some of those things include our paint is low voc and our manufacturing process ensures that the water is actually cleaned and recycled we work with a couple of initiatives one called Four ocean which is where we actually remove 18 grams of plastic from the ocean for every ton of paint sold um, and the other initiative is called One Tree Planted. So for every roll of wallpaper sold, one tree is planted. Um, our paint is also made to order, so we avoid wastage. Mm. is 100% vegan friendly. 100% of our supplies are either compostable, biodegradable, recyclable or reusable. Um, and we're also a member of Green Seal, which is a globally recognised certification for environmental excellence. So amazing yeah loads of really exciting things and lots more to come as well which is really exciting and this is something we're also really transparent about and we share like a sustainability report with um our decorators really cool
0: and if anyone's listening and they want to learn more about your your decorator program obviously if they want to just book a consult they can do that on your website your decorator program how does that work
1: so yeah so we have like um Creator Partnerships, which is yeah. the creator team within Lick who they get they get in touch with all of the creators and the, they then filter through to the color team and we have our color consultations with them. Okay. And then in terms of decorators, so industry professionals, they can go via our Lick Pro, which again is kind of another team within Lick who deals with everything pro. They go to the trade shows, they give discounts to trade professionals and everything so no matter like who you are, there's kind of a nice community within Lick for you.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, and I can see on your website there's areas that we're so people can get in touch if they want to be part of either of those to be 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 connected to the right team.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Amazing. All right. So I think we've learned a lot about color. Um, I think one of the, one of the key takeaways for me is actually being more flexible and open minded when it comes to paint and color and trying to not be stuck by rules or what you think you should like and trends and kind of looking inward out, which is nice. Um, And I love, I learned today, looking at all the undertones is kind of a good way to make sure that you're finding our our harmonious palette. Um, My last question for you is what are some of your favorite colors right now from Lick? oh that's exciting
1: um, <laughs> my favorite color palette just grows constantly so my favorite favorite colors are pink o2 mm-hmm. really nice kind of plaster pink um i love green o2 it's like a lovely mid soft sage beautiful green i just really love it love it love it love it but i also love there's a new um we have loads of new greens and it's really hard to choose a favorite between them <laughs> I really love green 16 which is a really nice bright green and then I also love my final one is white 06 which is a soft white with pink undertones I absolutely love pink and green mm. um, and I just love it it's just it's like a lovely neutral backdrop that's not quite white but it's also not crazy that it's just really soft love it
0: yeah I do I love a white with a with a warm undertone I have my kitchens in um, I don't know how you pronounce it, Wevet by Farrow and Ball, which is yeah. kind of like that. It's got like that dusty undertone, so it feels a little less clinical. Um, yeah. so I'll have to check out white oh six. And so would you put all of those together, for example? Would those have kind of undertones that would be friendly? <laughs> yeah,
1: um, the white o6 green o2 and pink o2 I would put yeah. together because that is just gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is very pretty, yeah. Very subtle. <laughs> Amazing. Um, thank you so much, Charlotte. And if people want to follow you specifically and talk to
1: you, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Charlotte Crocker Design. Um, that's yeah, that's where I, I always am on Instagram. So that's where you can find me or DM me or anything if you've got any questions.
0: Great. And so th- through you, they can then book a lick color consultancy. Um, get recommendations, buy samples, and then um, buy the paints. I assume your paints can only be bought on your website. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. It's all online at the moment.
0: Great. All right. Is there anything else you want people to know about colour or about Lick that I may have missed?
1: No, I think we covered everything that I wrote down, which is false. My biggest (laughs) thing was kind of like, just do what you love, which I know is yeah being so annoying to hear just do what you love because then it's like well how do you do that but that's kind of like what we're here for like do what you love and then we'll help you um yeah yeah that would be my biggest thing but no thank you so much for having me thank you charlotte and um i'm excited to see
0: more of the new colors like is coming out and trialing them myself
1: yeah amazing i'd love to see which ones you go for be awesome yeah
0: (laughs) all right thanks so much
1: thank you take care
0: thank you for tuning in to the interiors podcast To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.